We begin today with Jeremiah, who is warning the people and the shepherds. The 23rd chapter, starting at the first verse. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who shepherd my people. It is you who have driven them away, and you have not attended to them. So I will attend to you for your evil doings, says the Lord. Then I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the lands where I have driven them, and I will bring them back to their fold. And they shall be fruitful and multiply. I will raise up shepherds over them who will shepherd them, and they shall not fear any longer or be dismayed, nor shall any be missing, says the Lord. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved, and Israel will live in safety. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. And then from the first chapter of Luke. Comes what is familiarly known as the Song of Zechariah. Starting at the 67th verse. This starts at the 68th, so we'll do that. This is the 68th verse. Zechariah is speaking. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably upon his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant David. As he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from old, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham to grant us that we, being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by forgiveness of their sins. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Last month, I was asked to lead a talk for all of the social workers and social service agency staff in our city that wanted to attend. They said, we want you to do something on how to tend your soul. They asked me that on purpose because when I go around to these places, and I do, you know, I'm on lots of boards. Part of what I love about you all is that you have said that you want me to serve on local boards and help local agencies, and I do that, Um, not just willingly but gratefully. And when I go around to these places and I meet their staff, I will say to them, how do you tend your soul? And one of three things happens invariably. One, one of three things. They either start to cry because they're not tending their souls. Or they look at me and say, well, I, I don't know. Or the really grounded people, and there are very few, say, have an answer to the question. And I ask that question because I know their work is difficult. And here's the example of that that I know. One local person who works with sexual assault victims, and I do mean victims, not survivors, said to me once in an hour period, I live in a very, very dark world. And she's right, she does. Her life is, her work is hard to constantly see the kind of violence and hatred and anger that she sees is hard. Her world is dark. In fact, our world is dark. Anybody in here given up watching the evening news because it's just too depressing? Mm-hmm. I know people that have. It's tough. We live in a divided nation. Nations in our world are at war. We still have the problem of kids starving and no clean water in most of the two-thirds world. The world is dark. And for many people, that darkness is compounded because they have no hope of anything. Here, Zechariah says, By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. Light has come into the darkness, is what another gospel says. Now, you all know that I don't do mornings. I'm constitutionally opposed to them. But I'm told that when the sun comes up in the morning, that it brightens everything in its path. That's what it's talking about here. 
Zechariah is looking upon his new son and says, you boy are going to be the one to tell people about the one who is going to bring light to the world, to the dark world, like the sun at dawn, brightening everything in its path. Zacharias says, God has made promises to us, and God will keep those promises no matter what. That is who God is. We can rely on that. And I wonder when I think about that, if we as people now can even imagine what that is. I was thinking about promises we make, you know. Perhaps in this culture, one of the biggest promises a person can make is the promise of a wedding vow. You know, we marry people, we promise to be with them forever and richer, poorer, better, worse, sickness, health, all of that stuff. And I'm very proud to say in 25 years of performing weddings, I've only had three that failed and two of them were my own nephews. And one, one of those only lasted seven weeks. The reason I'm proud of that is because if statistics held true, 50% of those should have fallen apart. You have a one in two chance, if you get married today, of that marriage not lasting. We don't know how to keep a promise. You know, Dan and Roseanne on the Roseanne show get married for a second time in Vegas, and they, when they're done... They spit in their hands and go like this, like kids do when they keep a promise. I remember that image. I sometimes think that'd be a better way to do things. We don't get it. But Zechariah is standing here remembering all the promises of God. The promises of God that God will be our God and we will be his people no matter what. No matter what we do, no matter who we are, no matter where we go. God, through Jesus Christ, has promised to bring us mercy and forgiveness and salvation... And in a move that we just can't even barely understand, God can do nothing else but keep that promise. And Zechariah is so excited. He's been moot all this time, all nine months, that Zechariah's been cooking. And when he can finally, finally speak, it's only because he can't contain himself anymore. He's so excited to be able to say, God keeps promises. God does what God says God's going to do. And God says 
that God will bring us nothing but goodness. We get mercy and forgiveness and salvation through our God. John adds that, you know, my son's going to be the one to tell people about that. But John also knows that his son is not going to be the one that brings that about. He's just going to point the way to the one who will bring that about. Friends, Jesus Christ has come into this world to bring us the best and the most good that God can offer. And all we have to do is embrace it. To trust in the God of promises. To say, yes, I want to receive mercy and salvation. I don't care about who I was. I don't care about what I've done. I don't care about what I'm doing now. I care about setting that aside and receiving the goodness of God as it's promised to me. Thanks be to God. Amen.